Welcome to Science for the People. I'm Rochelle Saunders. And I'm Bethany Brookshire. And welcome to our annual nerd gift extravaganza, where Bethany and I spend probably too much time hunting around the internet for delightful gift ideas that call out to our inner nerd and squee over each and every one of them at length with each other. Hopefully, we also provide a gift-finding service for some of you in the process, in particular for the hard-to-buy-for-geek-in-your-life. Or maybe it's for you. Maybe you have family members who are asking you what you want for Christmas, and there are some things that you're like, I have no idea. I have everything I need. Well, trust me, you go through these links and you will not have everything you need. You will find things that you need. I did. Or maybe you just really like clocks like I do. And, you know, are always on the lookout for more. Don't worry, clock lovers. Got you covered this year. I hate to tell all you listeners this, but this podcast is very special because it's not just a gift episode. It is also an intervention. Rochelle, I need to talk to you about your clock problem because you have a problem with clocks. You love them too much, Rochelle. (laughs) I need you to quit the concept of time. This is too much for me. Uh, Okay. Well, I'm going to defer that request to physics. And until physics figures out how to make it possible, it is time to talk clocks. Fine. Do you want to start with the Fibonacci spiral clock? I absolutely do. I love interesting clocks that aren't like your typical, just basic face clock. And when I saw this one, it made me very happy inside. It's It, it tells you time based on where the Fibonacci spiral is. It's so cool. I mean, it is very like modern art looking. It looks it looks like it means business. It would look really cool on my mantle and I want one. Well, you did actually finally manage to find a clock that I actually need. Um, it is not the Fibonacci clock. It is the, I can't pronounce this, Barassier Tea and Coffee Brewing Alarm Clock. It brews your coffee or your tea while you wake up. And it's so great. The brew (laughs) happens five minutes before your alarm goes off. So then you have the natural wake up. You know, they say that you have to wake up at the natural point in your sleep cycle to really be awake in the day. And to me, that natural point in my sleep cycle comes when I smell coffee. So really, this is perfect. It belongs next to your bedside table for sure. I definitely thought of you when I saw this. I mean, it wouldn't just belong there. It would also belong on my desk and in my kitchen and in my <laughs> dining room. <laughs> One everywhere. You could just travel from room to room with the alarm set for precisely when you plan to be there. I would definitely pay much more attention to my alarm clock in the morning. <laughs> It'd be quite a production to set them all the night before, I think. That's true. Yeah, it's probably a bit much. My poor grinder would probably die. <laughs> be good for like three days, though, and then probably start to become a bit of a maintenance nightmare. But one on your bedside table, brilliant. Yes. All right. We have two retro flip clocks. The first one is like a desk clock. It's got those little like, it's very pleasingly mechanical and I love it. What is with you in the flip clocks anyway? You really do love yourself a flip clock. I really, there is something pleasingly mechanical about a flip clock and there always has been. Uh, when I first moved to the UK, there was still, and I don't remember which train station it was, but there was still one of the boards um, where all of the like trains that were leaving on from the platforms all updated by like manual flip boards. And it was, you could just stand there and hear the sound of them all change it was really exciting and it made me smile, but they don't exist anymore, I don't think. I will say, actually, uh, 30th Street Station in Philadelphia 
when I was when I was living there also had a train announcement thing that did that and you could listen to them flip and that was pretty awesome actually I will not say smile looking at that it just makes me happy um and additionally I found one this year that is even better I really like fuzzy clocks so the clocks that tell you in words roughly what time it is not digital clocks that tell you precisely what time it is and uh this one is a retro manual flip clock, not manual, but like a retro flip clock, except it's a fuzzy clock. So it uses text instead of numbers. And I love so it wait, very much. Wait, that's called a fuzzy clock? Like like as in as in furry, fuzzy? No, no. Fuzzy is in like fuzzy time. So it's, uh, this one I guess is 347. So it's precise, but you can get some that are more like it is quarter past and then it is oh. 22, right? So that it only goes by increments of like five minutes or something. So you never get precise time, you get fuzzy time. I didn't know that was even a thing. I didn't know that had a name. I will send you a picture <laughs> of the clock I have in my office that tells fuzzy time. I, I actually kind of like that, except that I need to know when I have exactly two minutes to pee before an interview. <laughs> That's what phone clocks are for. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, you actually link to this wonderful clock that, I mean, I adore. It is a wooden model clock that you can build. So it's a fun, put it together clock puzzle. And it's a 3D clock puzzle made out of wood that forms this beautiful kind of astronomy tower style clock. It's really gorgeous. I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful to look at. I kind of wish it was made of brass, Um, but it's really beautiful. And I would definitely have a lot of fun building this until I uh, presumably raged out in defeat and threw it everywhere. I don't think this is the only clock that U-Gears has, but it was one that I really liked. And they've got tons of other stuff. So if you know someone who likes to just like sit and build a bunch of complex things out of wood or someone who likes Lego is probably someone who would like to build these, I highly recommend going to the U-Gears store and taking a look at what they have. Lots of really cool things uh, to build. And I also found a pocket sundial. I actually don't know how to read a pocket sundial, but this one I comes would with learn. Ins- <laughs> this one comes with instructions and it's got 14 page instruction manual. And I think that I would love to learn how to read a pocket sundial. And I also think it would be fun to just have it in my pocket when I go hiking. It's, it's really beautiful. pretty. Yes. It's like, uh, you know, it reminds me of like Harry Potter time turners. Yes. But actually useful. Yes. For something other than fidgeting. And I'm kind of fascinated to know how accurate, like if you got good at reading it, how accurate could it be? I'm also really fascinated to understand that. That would be really cool. I mean, I would definitely enjoy playing with this. It's really, really neat. Yeah, it's super cool. And can you go through the time since launch? Like which launch is this? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So this is not your typical clock. This is more, think of this more like a time capsule. So the idea is for this, I believe, is that you get um, this. It's not really like a clock to tell you when something happened. It has a pin in it. And when you pull the pin, you can't put it back in, you can't reset it, and it just starts counting up. So it tells you how long it's been since you pulled the pin which means that you can pull it at a special occasion or a really important moment that you want to remember. And then you have like a time capsule for a really long time. Apparently it counts for 2,738 years. Wow. So it's like a, it's like a time grenade. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> it's, it's burnt into the chip inside the clock. So there's no resetting it. There's no trying it again. 
it's just a really interesting thing to put in your home, especially if there's a kind of a moment you want to commemorate. It just seemed really cool. I mean, it's really neat. And also, I now really want to write a murder mystery where this is like one of the clues. Yes. (laughs) I could see this being an awesome murder mystery. Excellent. I look forward to reading that story. And here is where I admit that while you have a problem with clocks, I have one with mugs. (laughs) I have a problem. I admit the mug I'm drinking out of right now was an artistic collaboration with someone to create a mug the size of my head. When you drink as much coffee as I do, it is vital that I have a mug for every possible mood. And so I think I actually put more mugs on here than you put clocks. And I am sorry. I didn't count, but I agree that there are a lot of mugs. Okay. Having said that, we're not actually going to start with a mug. We're going to start with a tumbler. Uh, You know, mugs, glasses, um, water bottles, things that you can drink liquids from. All hot liquids eventually cool. (laughs) This is a really beautiful um, beneath the waves tumbler. It looks like it's etched. um, And it's just what an amazing job someone's done on this etching. Uh, It's it's the different depths of the ocean and each depth it's got a marker of the different types of like wildlife you see at those depths it's very cool it's super neat looking i admit i would i would have so much fun drinking out of that um the next one that i i seriously almost bought this for myself it was this close um this is a charcoal chemistry drink tumbler so you know how now you can buy kind of drink tumblers that have lids and straws um these have lids and a metal straw and they are shaped like erlenmeyer flasks and they come in a variety of colors and the stopper is the opening (laughs) the stopper of the flask it is so perfect (laughs) I really, I really love I these. might buy it for myself after this, actually. I might just do it. I also like that they have what I'm assuming is like a rubber bottom around it. It adds a bit of color, but also means it kind of comes with like a built-in coaster. It's They're really great. Well, and also means that the glass isn't going to slide around, right? Yes. Yeah. That, that's going to save you a lot of problems. Uh, they're really cool. And speaking of being able to take hot beverages on the go, um, you also stumbled upon these tumblers that have warning labels on them. I like this one, uh, dihydrogen monoxide. Oh, um, you can't these... trust dihydrogen monoxide. Can't did you know at all? Did you know that someone can die in two inches of dihydrogen monoxide? It's true. Worms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these are really cute, and I. If I worked in an office, I would totally get one of these because of being the person that person at the office who sought the controversy of having this mug out on the corner of my desk. My favorite thing about the warning label is that the warning label is actually a correct warning label. Yes. <laughs> like, it has the correct format, it has the correct font, it has the correct symbols on it for hazardous materials. <laughs> It would also be really good for someone um, working in like a warehouse setting or something like that. It's great. Um, and you found this really lovely, I, I don't know how to describe the style of art that this mug is, but it's it's definitely an artistic style I've seen before. And I think it's just so fun. 
Um, it's kind of a, I guess you call it like a 50s cartoon style almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a mug depicting the anatomy of the brain. Um, and so the brain is all there and it's in little colors and it's just, it's really beautiful. It's got the sagittal view. It's got like the top view and the bottom. And it also has a thing on the senses. It's really cute. Um, I could, I could see this being a great gift, um, for the brain obsessed person in your life. If you have a grad student, this seems like a good one. It's also for people who just like to, like while you're eating your cereal in the morning or eating your breakfast, I don't know about other people, but I was the type of kid who would like read a cereal box forever. So I love these mugs with lots of text on them because you can read the whole thing while you're eating and then forget about it. And three weeks later, read it again. I mean, let's be real though. The cereal boxes that we read as children were the TikTok of our generation. (laughs) That's a thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Oh. Bethany, I found it's so cute. Okay. It's so cute. Sometimes we find things that aren't it's strictly so speaking, <laughs> that aren't strictly speaking sciencey, but I can't not because it's so cute. We it's don't even ups- care. It's an upside down cat mug. Okay. It's so cute. So it's one of these like double walled glass where there's an outer layer and then the inner layer is in the shape of an upside down cat. So when you fill it with liquids, you're basically like creating the silhouette of the cat and it's got little eyes and little whiskers it's upside down. And then the handle looks like a cat tail. It is just the cutest stinking thing I've ever seen. I, I, yes, I love it so much. And I need to like hunt it up five different ways so that my like search algorithms will start showing me similarly cute items. Yes, I think this this would improve my life in many ways. It's adorable. I'm definitely putting this on the please get for me list. And you also found another that is not science related, but also really cute. <laughs> um, it is a tiny little cauldron. It's a little cauldron with a with a handle, and it says "witch's brew" on it. And that is just so perfect because that's me in the morning until you put coffee in me. I need it my just... witch's brew. It just kind of struck me as the right kind of deeply nerdy. And I love the cauldron shape. It's just really cute. I really like the cauldron shape. Like it gives you that extra stability. Yeah. I mean, that's really actually quite sensible. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, for other people who like to spend a lot of time reading their mugs, this one, I admit when I found it, I literally was thinking back to like 10 year old me who was reading the French side of the cereal box for the 15th time. Um, it's uh, a general knowledge mug. It is just covered with just weird little general knowledge facts. It shows you how to tie a half Windsor. There's commonly misspelled words. There's all kinds of weird stuff in here. The NATO phonetic alphabets on here. There's some uh, formulas, some mathematical formulas for shapes. It's just filled like every space on it, including the inside of the handle and the outside of the handle is just covered with little bits of text. I have also realized that when I see you again, like I'm going to have to just start writing stuff on your coffee mug. (laughs) I feel like like I need to fulfill this part of your life for you. Someone did once get me a coffee mug that had um, uh, like blackboard stuff on it so that you could write on it with chalk. I don't have it anymore, but I did have it for a while. Oh, but uh, how gross your hand would get though. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. Like that was the problem with it, but it was a cool idea. Um, so I found a mug. It it has a swear on it. Can we have a swear? 
on this because it's really funny. Um, I, I It's rare that I see a mug with a joke on it and laugh out loud, but I actually did. This one has a picture of Gregor Mendel, uh, the famous monk who did the um, heredity experiments with peas on one side and on the back, it just says Bitch, peas. <laughs> it is pretty great. <laughs> it makes me very, very happy. <laughs> I also really love this microbiology mug you found. The what doesn't kill you mutates and tries again. Those are feels. I mean, I feel like that's something that especially, you know, all having gone through COVID, we we kind of deeply feel and it it works well for us. Yep, sure does. It, uh, it's like a mantra every morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found this is another one that I literally almost put in my cart just looking at it. Um, there is a uh, maker on Etsy who's uh, called Pottery by Helen. Um, and she makes these handmade pottery mugs. They are stunning. They're, They're really beautiful. Gorgeous. They're fun, neat shapes. Like it's kind of shaped like a teardrop a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's got DNA on it. Um, and the DNA, I just checked. Yes, it turns the right way. Um, <laughs> that matters to me. Accuracy is important. Oh, yes. And it's got beautiful colors. Um, it's just, it's this wonderful kind of that that handmade stoneware pottery colors, those kind of like um, dusty blues and greens and maroons that I just adore. And she has not only that one, she's also got a bunch of others in that style. So there's another that I saw with a tree of life on it. Um, that's kind of in a paler color palette. And I just, I can't get over how beautiful these mugs are. They're honestly little works of art, each and every one. There's always something really satisfying about holding a hot beverage in like a pottery mug. Yes. It just feels, it somehow feels different. I don't know. Like, I think because there's a texture on it that you don't get with sort of modern mash produced mugs. And I don't know, they just feel like warmer and cozier. And maybe that's pure placebo, but it just, I don't know. I have a couple um, that I got from my grandmother's house and they're just, I just love them. Oh, I do too. I think there's like nostalgia in the kind of the way your hand curls around it. Yeah. And, and they tend to, to be, they tend to be sort of shaped slightly differently, a bit yeah. more like organically shaped than store-bought mugs. And there's just something very satisfying. And they quite often have like really big handles, which I find good too, because you can really like yes. get your whole hand around them, which is nice. Especially key as because I am a lefty. Um, mm. <laughs> mugs of this world are not designed for me. <laughs> so a nice big handle means a lot. Back onto the more modern mugs. Uh, another very sassy science themed mug that you found uh, checks itself before it wrecks itself with DNA there. That is uh, that made me chuckle a little bit. Not gonna lie. I mean, it's true. It's true. Um, true. And the last one, I just had to um, highlight one of my favorite makers, Retro Ramics. Um, I actually am currently drinking out of a Retro Ramics mug right now. Um, and this is a mother-daughter pair um, of ceramics artists, and they make beautiful science-inspired and nature-inspired pottery. Um, and I just fell in love with this one um, that's linked here. It's blue and gold and has neurons drawn on it. And it's just this wonderful, the organicness of the neuron really goes well with kind of the organicness of the pottery, I think. I really like the shape of this one too, where the top, it sort of like flutes out or not yes. flutes, but trumpets out around the top. I really like the shape. 
We are now on to the very specific section that we like to call miscellaneous. Well, we're not quite at the pure miscellaneous. We're on the kitchen and home miscellaneous. Oh, which my is bad. These subtly, different. Very, subtly different in that. <laughs> I'm not sure how they're different. <laughs> I'm not sure how they're different either, but there are there is another miscellaneous category upcoming. So it is more miscellaneous. There's more miscellaneous. So we're going to talk about some miscellaneous, which are vaguely kitchen and home themed. And then there's some more miscellaneous, <laughs> some of which are probably also home themed. But it's fine. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about these two books. So normally we save the books for another episode and there absolutely is going to be a Joanne and John uh, deep diving into science books. We wouldn't skip love that. that episode so much. I never we, miss that episode. It's the best. We can't skip it. Literally everybody involved and everybody listening seems to really like it. So we won't skip it. But I did want to um, point out two books. One book that I found, I haven't read it, but it looks fascinating. And it's a book that I want to get for my Self, the Science of Spice, Understand Flavor Connections, and Revolutionize Your Cooking. Um, and it reminded me of another book, which I'm also going to talk about, which was The Science of Good Cooking. So The Science of Good Cooking is like a mashup of recipe book, but also like science chemistry experiment book. And if you read the whole thing, the recipes, but also the science that they did to get to the recipe and the explanations of what the science of the cooking is under the surface... It's a super interesting book and B, it has completely changed the way we cook in my house and really improved it. And one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is that we want to understand spice better. So when I was trying to find stuff to talk about today, I stumbled upon this Science of Spice book. So uh, it's going on my list and I hope it's really good. Um, I really love the the books that kind of combine science and cooking. So for example, I have Kenji Lopez Alt's The Food Lab. Also um, super good. So good. Yeah. I that page that he's got a two-page spread on how long to boil an egg, that thing is my Bible. It's great. <laughs> I think I read it 19 times. I'm pretty sure I have it memorized. Um, yes, I love that sort of thing. And I'm really drawn to the science of spice book for that reason. And also I have to say it's gorgeous looking. It looks really lovely. Pretty and the pretty. reviews seem pretty good. So I'm probably going to get one. I'll let y'all know how it is. Buy me an extra copy. Um, also, do you want to explain to me why you put a cocktail and margarita machine on this list? <laughs> so this one I stumbled on and it just made me go, what? It's basically like a Keurig, but for margaritas and cocktails. Um, it looks kind of fancy. And mostly I was just... I was just kind of pleasantly delighted by the idea of having a robot make my cocktails for me. Like I'm living in some sort of like George Jetson dream world. So yeah, that's that's on there. It's, it's a very strange thing, but I kind of love it. You don't get you don't get jetpacks. No, no jetpacks for you. What you get is a robot to make you a martini. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. And you found these skull napkin rings, which are both macabre and sciencey. I like both of these things. They're beautiful. I mean, I don't know about you, but I uh, was raised with napkin rings. It's a weird, a weird thing to be raised with. But um, you know, my parents were kind of like early on in the like, I'm going to be environmental, and so we stopped using paper napkins and we switched to cloth, and so we had to have napkin rings. Um, and 
it became this thing in our house that every time we got a new set of napkin rings, they were like aspects of our personality. And like each, every one of us had our own napkin ring, right? Ooh. Mine was always a giraffe of various types. Oh, interesting. Um, and so now I just, I have this draw toward napkin rings. That's a fascinating story because we had napkin rings when I was growing up as a kid, but only when we were having like fancy meals and they were always matching. So the whole table had matching napkin rings for the fancy meal we were about to eat. Oh, no, we all had our individual ones. So before I had a giraffe, I had a toucan. Um, and I like uh, that my better. brother's was a lion. <laughs> I like yeah, that better. It reminds you whose napkin is whose, and then you can use them multiple times. I also kind of like the idea of maybe having like two or three and then for dinner every day, you'd be like, which napkin ring do I feel like tonight? You this actually made me realize I don't actually have a full set of napkin rings right now. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Problem solved. And I love that you found these. This is actually a set of two different things. And I love them so much. <laughs> I love hey. it when... Can I just note before you say what these are? It's a secret pleasure of mine when we do this episode and I find something and you make the same sound when you talk <laughs> about it that I make when you find something, right? Like every once in a while, we're sort of mind melted and we're like, no, no, this is the greatest thing ever. Where the heck did you find this? I mean, our aesthetics are very similar. Very similar. And you know what our aesthetics are similar about? dinosaur toilet paper holders that's what we need <laughs> oh i love it so much it's a metal dinosaur paper towel or toilet paper holder and it's like a cast iron and it's in the shape of like an apatosaurus with its super long neck where you put the toilet paper roll yep <laughs> oh my goodness i'm so happy and then you found another that's in a completely different style yep but just as awesome. So cool. It is a T-Rex skull toilet paper holder <laughs> where the skull is like chomping down on the toilet paper roll and the toilet paper roll is held between its two tiny, tiny arms. <laughs> it says on the listing child's bathroom, but I think this deserves a place of pride and honor in every bathroom. Oh, that is absolutely not a child specific thing. The only thing I would say though, that it is not scientifically accurate. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, T-Rex were clappers, not slappers. Well, they're, uh, their little tiny arms face, face in toward each other, not down. Then I take it back, take it off the list. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's too good. It's too good. It stays on the list. It's pretty great. Uh, I also found, okay, you know, snow globes, right? Everyone knows snow globes. Oh, yes. I did find a Mars dust globe, which is an interesting twist on a snow globe that I kind of love. There's uh, little astronauts that are on a red planet, and then you swirl it, and instead of white snow, it's red dust. And then do you use it and combine it with your own waste to grow potatoes? You know what? I don't know that it says that on the box. If they had been really <laughs> clever, they would have put like a little potato in one of the astronauts' hands. Um, I have to say, it's it's oddly beautiful. Yeah. Isn't it? Like it, it looks like it could be kind of kitschy, but it's not. It's it's oddly beautiful to look at. Yeah, and it's just so strange to see a snow globe with that sort of strong red color. I find it quite weirdly captivating. 
speaking of things that are kind of oddly beautiful, uh, you found these beautiful, they're really lovely test tube vases. Yeah. They're like test tubes that are sunk in uh, kind of a glass holder. So they stay upright and you can put flowers in them. And that's really, it's so lovely because test tubes themselves are actually kind of starkly attractive, I think. Um, and they go really well with the flowers. Like, I don't actually own any vases because I'm not that person. But if I did, I would own this. And the test tube inside the sort of double walled glass, the inside sort of test tube layer is uh, there's different colors of them that have that kind of nice colored glass look on the inside and then a clear glass on the outside. They're just really pretty. Yeah, I like kind of the gray one on the left. Mm-hmm. That one's really nice to me. Mm-hmm. And if you like test tubes, I know you like this one. Um, I also found a chandelier made of test tubes. Oh my so God, it's put, so good. It's you so can good. Put colored water in the test tubes as well to make basically colored glass. And it's, it's so it's, awesome. It's very cool. Like There's, when they're all clear and they don't have color in them, it's very modern looking. You know, it's got so, that kind of modern minimalist look to it of just kind of like circles of glass tubes. Yeah. And if you scroll down and look at the comments, you can see that people have done variations of them where they've put things like dried flowers or lavender. They've just done some really cool stuff with them. Uh, You can put lights inside the test tubes. It's There's just fun stuff here. I I have to say one one person here um, put it in like the entryway of their spa or something and filled all the test tubes with lavender. And they're just gorgeous. It's really stunning. I don't know that I would fill it myself with colored water because like the water would go stale and then yeah. it would probably like, and, and everyone knows you don't want to clean the chandelier. That's really annoying. Yeah. But it is very cool looking. It's so cool. Yeah. And then you descended into the matrix. I did. This is one of these lamps that is well done enough, at least in the pictures, that it captured my eye. There is something aesthetically kind of pleasing about that, like matrixy. Maybe I'm just a maybe I'm just too much of a tech nerd, but there's sort of like that matrixy vibe, and you don't often see these things kind of done well. But this one looks like it's done well. It's got a cool look to it, and yeah, it just. It would look cool in an office um, in particular if you, like me, are a tech nerd and sometimes you like to work with uh, the lights off in your office and have everything be like super LED. It would look great in that office. It does It does look really nice. It actually gives me combination vibes um, because it's using like hieroglyph numbers. It yeah. gives me con- combination vibes of the matrix and also the um, kind of cube things in the fifth element. Yes. <laughs> And then you found these absolutely stunning uh, maps. They're carved maps that are carved out of wood. And they are so pretty. And you can get them for like cities that you already, you know, that are already pre-made. But you can also get them custom made for maybe a place that you live that you love um, or something like that. They are beautiful. And because they're carved in kind of this plane of wood, they're actually three-dimensional. Yeah. So you get this beautiful sense of depth. I think it looks especially good in the cities that have coastline or water. 100% agree. Yeah. The you get ones... that beautiful sense of depth. Yeah. Yeah. I really like um, uh, just a great example is the San Francisco one. Uh, there's the Charleston one is really gorgeous as well with that kind of like the the water just 
seeping in through the city. Um, they're really beautiful. Yeah, I really like um, the one of actually Washington, D.C., Yes. Um, because I feel like the the way the Potomac kind of comes up and also splits with the Anacostia, you get this kind of, it, it's like a little frame within the map and it looks really beautiful. It makes, uh, it makes Washington, D.C. looks a lot nicer than it is in real life. <laughs> I also found um, some <laughs> fun pillows. Uh, this might be because I'm also looking for some pillows in my own home. Uh, and I have a lot of succulents. And I saw both of these things together. And it just, I don't know, it just made me smile. So uh, these are great, quite large succulent pillows. Um, but they're really fun. And Did you can you get leaf one? ones as well. I have not yet, but I'm not committing to not buying one. Um, you also found a mermaid blanket. I feel like, I feel like Maybe start of the pandemic, everybody had a mermaid blanket. I and were like super into it. <laughs> I did not have a mermaid blanket. You didn't have one. I didn't, but I sort of. I just look. I'm a big proponent of uh, being on a couch with your feet out in front of you, or mm -hmm. having like uh, some sort of ottoman that you can put your feet up on. I'm a big proponent of that. So I want long blankets that will cover my feet, and I'm not sure. I'm sure it sounds like everybody knew about mermaid blankets, but me. So you know what? It's fine. I'm just slow. It's all good. No, and it's okay. Like mermaid blankets never go out of style. I'm always a big fan of something that actually fully covers my feet. Totally. This I also found delightful. Obviously, it's not it's anatomically so correct, but it is really cute. So they're called pyropet candles, and they are kind of geometrically stylized animal. So uh, the one we'll link to is a black cat um, in candles. And as you burn the candle um, and the wax melts away, it leaves this like stylized metal skeleton inside. <laughs> so as you melt the cat, you leave just the, the skeleton. It's really cute. It is goth and I adore it. <laughs> it's like is it it's very like Werner Herzog's sad candles for sad people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something something about it spoke to me. Um, I this speaks to me in more than one language. It is a uh, a, a literary insults gift poster. Again, not a science one, so but it, good it feels right. <laughs> it is because yeah, one of the greatest things about reading really good books is the wonderful insults that people have, you know, that, that, you know, I just know the author, like got into an argument with someone and then they woke up at like 3am the next morning with the perfect comeback and they couldn't actually use it on the person they were fighting with. And so they put it in their play or in their novel and then it went <laughs> down in history. <laughs> I mean, there's some good ones on here and it's just uh, the graphic design on it is quite nice. So it's one of these like posters that would look good on a wall that you can get close enough to to actually read the fine print. Oh, my goodness. This is a good one. I hate authors. I wouldn't mind them so much if they didn't write books. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I this was an interesting idea um, and maybe mostly interesting because I live so far away from a lot of my friends and family. Uh, this is a long distance friendship lamp. And the idea is, is a sort of an internet of things object, but you, you have one and someone who lives somewhere else has another. And when you touch them, it 
over the internet, it sends the message and it changes the color. So you have this very like simple way of communicating across long distances that's very visual and a little bit more kind of visceral. I just I thought it was a lovely idea. That's beautiful. I really and like they, that. Yeah, there's a few different types that they have. Um, this one I, I quite liked, but yeah, it's just a really interesting idea. See, and here I was going to make fun of the fact that you also have a lamp obsession. I do also have a lamp obsession. That is accurate. <laughs> but no, it's really beautiful. It actually reminds me there was this app that people were using for a while when they were like dating long distance or something where you could like put your thumb on the screen and then it would let the person on the other side know and they could put their thumb on the screen. So you're like yeah, putting I, your thumb on the screen at the same time. I know that there is uh, there are some uh, like iPhone apps mm-hmm. that you can put widgets on your screen now because Apple lets you widget up your phone. Uh, but you can like use your finger to write messages and things back and forth, which is kind of fun. Or I think there's also one where you can put you can basically put a picture so you can send pictures back and forth. Um, anyway, just little ideas to kind of let the people at a distance know you're thinking about them in a way that isn't a sort of typical way. I was going to say it's a little more kind of personalized than the like basic text chain. Yeah. <laughs> um, you sweet. found you found these and I love them so much. Me too. <laughs> they are basically googly eyes, but they're not googly eyes. They are eyeballs you can put on your plants. <laughs> but they make it look like your plant is looking at you. <laughs> it's so cute. And some of them have like little hipster glasses and little sunglasses. And I'm they're adorable. <laughs> So in my household, we do have a tendency to name our plants. So I really want these because it personifies our plants even more. See, the only problem is that I know I would put these on and my cats would immediately eat them. That is a problem. Uh, We have some plants out of reach. And more importantly, we have some plants that are tall enough that our older cat can't get up high enough. Um, I think you may have more problems with that than I do. (laughs) So speaking of lamp problems, I actually found this lamp. So I take full responsibility for this lamp. I found a periodic table LED nightlight table lamp. This is very interesting. I especially, isn't it? I especially find fascinating the like night pictures of the lamp turned on, where you get the sense of it's like almost these these like little science emojis in the shape of the periodic table. It's fascinating. Yeah, and it actually uh, the the symbols they have here correspond with a lot of how the element looks. Yeah. Um. So, for example, if something is like a white powder in physical form, they actually have a little white powder on there, <laughs> or they have like a chunk of the metal, or like a drop of like mercury, uh, not real mercury, I assume, uh, things like that to kind of um bring home like what the visceral kind of feeling of what that element is um except for like the very last row where all of these things have kind of been created in a lab and then immediately radioactively decay yeah there's just little radioactive signs (laughs) uh you also found these cell coasters and it would not be a science for the people gift extravaganza if we didn't have at least one set of coasters so you have done us proud (laughs) true these are these are very good ones uh these are laser cut acrylic in uh nice bright colors uh very cool i thought they were very different from the Mm -hmm. other coasters that we've kind of looked at in the past um just they're both they're both different in that they're very stylized um but they're also kind of different in terms of the fact they're they're very bright colors but they're also on clear plastic 
Um, so they're just kind of very different style from the usual coaster, I think. Yeah, it's not something you see every day. Um, one of the benefits of acrylic as well is they're very easily washable. So that's a big plus. Mm -hmm. um, but they're just, they look great together as well. I love the photo on the page here of all six kind of together. Yeah, don't they look nice? <laughs> yeah, they look good. And as you might know, I have um, a large multitude of piercings. Um, yes. A large multitude. And so I'm always looking for kind of statement earrings to go kind of in the bottom set. Um, mm -hmm. And I love these. These are etched gold Petri dish earrings. They're very pretty. They're little gold discs that are etched with um, Petri dish kind of stuff in them. So there's, it's got the, um, it's got the swipe pattern from the swab. Mm -hmm. If anyone has swabbed an agar dish, you know, you know my pain. Um, it has the swab pattern and it also has a couple of really cute little microbial colonies. <laughs> um, and they managed to fit this on a really very small um kind of earring it's actually still kind of very delicate looking um i really appreciate how it doesn't it doesn't necessarily stick out it's kind of subtle yeah it's you know if you weren't right up close to someone it would just be a really pretty unique earring uh on the theme of petri dishes you also found some soaps uh glow in the dark as well petri dish soaps these are really fun <laughs> <laughs> wash away your germs with a dish that looks like it's growing germs <laughs> Uh, I love I love the way people market stuff on Etsy because I really like them where they're all stacked together. <laughs> and, and also the glow in the dark ones. You can see how well they glow. A plus. They, they just look like a really fun uh, kind of soap take, especially because I hope I have heard that uh, in recent months, people have kind of reduced their hand washing. And excuse me, people, please wash your dirty little paws. Okay? I feel like this would be this would be fun in like a shared bathroom situation at like university or a dorm room where you could just like leave one in the shower or on next to the sink and not tell anyone. And when they <laughs> walk into the bathroom is just sort of glowing. I feel like that'd be fun. Amazing. Um, I also found this beautiful um, platter. It's actually a centerpiece platter and it's in the design of an atom. This is gorgeous. It's really cool, isn't it? Like wow, it's yeah. It's kind of modern looking, but also has the beautiful ceramic look to it. It honestly, if you didn't know it was an atom, you would just think it was kind of cool. It's a, it's almost floral. It's really, yeah. Pretty. Yeah. And you've also found a, what is this? A shark tooth <laughs> candle? Please explain. <laughs> Please explain what this thing is. <laughs> can't explain. So, okay. So here's the deal. I, every so often, um, I am a former scientist and I'm always kind of looking for like, you know how smell really reminds you of stuff? Yes. Well, so I get really nostalgic around like certain science associated smells. So for example, I smell uh, the 70% ethanol cleaning fluid and I'm just like, ah, oh, lab. I smell ethidium bromide. Ah, oh, lab. <laughs> You just kind of, you know, and, uh, and then I was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if somebody made like science scented candles? And so then I actually went on a hunt for science scented candles. And then I was like, you know, they probably don't make a lot of those because those are probably going to give you cancer. Yeah. Because most of the things that smell strongly in laboratories give you cancer. Yeah. Unless, of course, there are things like the smell of mouse pee. Which, which is just don't unpleasant. Candle of. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, but then in my hunt for this, I found this, which is kind of adorable. Basically, somebody created a little hand poured soy candle 
and embedded fossil shark teeth in it. <laughs> so as you burn the candle down, you get little fossil shark teeth. So this and I reminds- feel like this is a really cool thing for a kid who likes fossils. So this this reminds me, I had a friend um, all throughout grade school who uh, who fa- through family connections got a lot of these like multicolored sort of tower candles that as you burned them, you'd get like little metal bracelet trinkets. And she had piles and piles of these things. So when I started looking at these, I went, oh, it's basically like a trinket candle, but instead of trinkets, you get teeth. But with science and teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think they're great. And last but not least, I did actually manage to find a candle that does have the smell of science. And I might Ooh. need to buy it. Yes, this is a beaker candle that is purported to smell like petrichor, which oh. is the smell that arises when rain hits earth. Oh, that smell, nice. the rain smell. Yeah, that's that smell actually has a name. The name is Petrichor. Um, and it's a, a wonderful, wonderful smell. And I kind of want to buy this and find out if it's real. Uh, if you do, please tell me. That's interesting. And next up, we have the clothing section. Got to have a break between miscellaneous category one and miscellaneous category two. So let's talk clothing. The first one we've got, uh, I found, and it is a human ingredients t-shirt where it, it just lists so all happy. the chemical ingredients that make up a person. I really like this. It's adorable. It makes it's me great. very, very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are mostly oxygen and carbon. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it's really fun. Um, and actually, on a in a very similar vein, you found a really cool uh, t-shirt that's spider eye arrangement <laughs> charts. <laughs> I love it. Also, sidebar patterns. The patterns of spider's eyes are really cool. They're super cool. You know what this like these dot patterns kind of make me think of Rorschach tests. So like at first glance, you could be like, oh, wow, it's a series of Rorschach tests. And you're like, yeah. And in every single one, you see spiders. (laughs) I didn't realize there was so much variety. You don't really think about the variety of spider's eyes until someone charts them so nicely for you. I know. And isn't it wild when you think about it? Like there's spiders on this T-shirt that have like two big eyes and then they have like four teenier eyes. And then there's others that just have a medium sized set and a small set. Yeah, and then there's others that have a bunch of eyes that are basically all the same size in different configurations. It's very cool. It's just wild to think about and to think about like the the kind of neurology behind that. Like what does the brain of a spider with eight eyes? Some of them appear to be smiling at me, just the yes. eye shapes, and some of them appear to be like making frowny faces. It's good. Yes, but they're all they're all relatively like kind of happy looking, I feel like. I agree. Overall, there's like one or two that look a little perturbed, but generally speaking, they're all pretty happy. Uh, You also found a really awesome uh, t-shirt with algebra dance moves. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me happy. And I actually think I probably would have done better in algebra if I had seen this shirt. I admit I have a mathematician in the house and I'm always on the lookout for a weird math t-shirt um, to get them for Christmas. So this is this is probably going in a stocking. I mean, A plus choice. 
Um, I also found a the Ring of Bees t-shirt, which is different types of bees. Um, I just really like bees, but also I think the graphic design of this t-shirt is really interesting. It's Everybody it's loves a, bees. Everybody does love bees. And it's an interesting design, but also the drawings are pretty accurate. There's nothing not to like about this t-shirt. I mean, who wouldn't love more accurate bees? Like 100%. it's even better. Yep. <laughs> um, I love this t-shirt that combines two of my great loves, which are pie and pie. <laughs> it is a t-shirt that says mm, pie <laughs> and i'm just gonna say as someone who has spent a lot of time trolling the internet for math joke t-shirts uh for the aforementioned mathematician in my household um i have not seen this joke before and in retrospect it's a very obvious one there are so many just unimpressive pie joke t-shirts out there this is a really good one it is it is a good one yeah it also makes you hungry hundred percent. Yes. I also like this one. Um, <laughs> and I don't think it's just for math teachers. Uh, it's probably for scientists, for teachers. I felt like our audience would feel this shirt in their bones. This is the show your work. Thanks every math teacher ever. So it's, it's a great shirt. It's very sassy. And in my heart, I love a sassy t-shirt. I definitely feel it deep down in the core of my being actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how when we were... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's some really great colors. It's not just your your sort of standard color set. They're oh, yeah. It's got a nice cool mustard yellow kind of a thing. Yeah. Sort of yeah. more gem tones and then some pastel ones. It's very cool. Um, I love how when we were both looking for clothing options for this episode, we both landed on the same science socks. We did. <laughs> I feel like this says something about us as people. Oh, I didn't see the Mars Rover socks. They're so I cute. Know. They're oh. so cute. They're so cute. Oh, so, so okay. So there's the Perseverance Rover landing anniversary socks. Yes, yes. Which have like one particular, they have the Perseverance Rover. But then there's the Mars Rover family socks. These are not socks for your whole family. No, they are socks that have every rover in the Mars Rover family on the sock. They're so cute. They're really adorable. So cute. I love them. Uh, I also found this sweater. Uh, there's something in my heart this holiday season that makes me want the sassiest t-shirt. And this one is the world's okayest scientist. <laughs> also, uh, you live in the UK now, so you found a jumper. I did. I I'm still call saying. it a sweater because some things <laughs> never change. It is a sweater. Um, <laughs> and if there's not a scientist in your life, say there's something else, but you really like this verbiage, they have world's okayest just about every job you could possibly have. Uh, and I really like them. I also really appreciate world's okayest scientist in particular, because I think it speaks very hard to the imposter syndrome in every single one of us. Whereas yes. every time we do something where, where every time we do something right and someone's like, you're so good at this. We're like, well, I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this speaks hard to me. <laughs> um, I also love the t-shirt that you found that says quantum physics. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Cause it's true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's good. And it's also another one that has like kind of cool t-shirt colors. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like really typical colors. I like I like that we're finding t-shirts that branch out. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. I, I, not just the typical t-shirts. I'm a solid fan of the cream. I think that's a good color with the, with the blue print. It's good. I am a sweaty Betty. I'm not a solid fan of the cream. Mm. <laughs> you got to give me those darker colors that don't show sweat. 
Okay. So this again, not sciencey, but we, everybody we need needs to talk this. about this one. Everybody needs this on Do their worst they, though? day ever. But think about it, Bethany. <laughs> you've had a hard day. You've had a rough day and you're just, you just need to unwind. You just ah, need to laugh a lot ah. and you just need the satisfaction of popping bubble wrap. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to put on this bubble wrap costume and then you're just going to pop bubble wrap until you're happy again. Or, or you can roll around on the floor and have all the bubble wrap pop as you roll around. It's great. What's your problem? I can't describe the look on my face when I opened this. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know what I expected, but this was not it. Like, I, I think the funny thing, the especially funny thing about this bubble wrap costume, first, it's see-through, which means it could be a sexy bubble wrap costume. And secondly, That's true. Um, secondly, it's so fitted, like it's oddly fitted. I don't know why I expected it to be just kind of like this, like, random cape of bubble wrap but no no it's like a pants and a hoodie made of bubble wrap <laughs> i have to admit i don't even remember what i was searching for when this popped up but it made me laugh so hard that i it had to go on the list and look i think i would feel a lot better after a hard day if i had a suit of bubble wrap that i could pop because bubble popping bubble wrap is very therapeutic Oh, sure. I mean, my only real problem with this, honestly, if you get down to it, is that it's only single use. Yeah, that is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I 100% agree. However, they have priced it, I feel, roughly appropriately. That's fair. Um, and then the last one that is my favorite, um, it is a shop that our uh, wonderful uh, colleague, Marion, uh, turned us on to. Uh, the shop is called Morning Witch, um, and they do kind of nature themed sweaters and she linked me to this sweater oh my god um it's called salamander woods and it is a beautiful sweater with a little salamander and some mushrooms and berries and ferns and it is so twee and so completely not my style and i need it so badly it is I can't, really it's beautiful. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. Like I would wear this with like a skirt and some boots and feel like I was wandering around in a romance novel. Like it's oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's I've not seen anything quite like this before. It's really great. Next up, more things you can wear. Let's talk about jewelry. Um, so you found, I have to say, I really love solar system jewelry. I'm not even that much of a space nerd, like at all but I love good solar system jewelry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's such a wide variety of interesting jewelry you can make with it. So I feel like it's a kind of a canvas to do something interesting. And there's a lot of kind of samey stuff, but sometimes you stumble upon something that's just a bit different. Yeah. And this, uh, this cuff uh, bracelet that you found, I think is really, it's really lovely. Um, it, of course, they're not they're not in order or anything, but it's just kind of a beautiful, it's like a little cluster of planets on the top of your wrist. Looks kind of cool. And the cuff design makes it even more interesting because the sort of half on one side and half on the other side with a space in between, um, because it's a, a cuff bracelet. It's just a, an interesting design I hadn't seen before. I really love this what is this? A tiktolic? I'm not tiktolic. sure. Tiktolic. <laughs> tiktolic. It's some sort of 
of fish. Oh, Tiktaalik. <laughs> okay. So Tiktaalik is um, an ancestral uh, form and is considered one of the first semi-terrestrial uh, animals. Oh. Uh, yeah. I think it was found in, I want to say Greenland. Okay. Um, I think I and uh, yeah, and so they found skeletons of this fish, and it was a fish that had, as you can see, little stubby kind of fins mm-hmm. that it could actually use to kind of walk onto land. And they think that Tiktaalik was one of the first species that was kind of like a hybrid and would like flomp onto land to like do stuff. Um, and so somebody made it into a cute little pendant. <laughs> it's pretty cute. It's real cute. And speaking of cute, this is, I think, the same seller. Um, and I just love this tiny little uh, pewter tardigrade. It's really um, adorable. He's sort of like crawling along the necklace. He's dangling off the necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like tardigrade. You know that. You know that cat poster that everyone used to have. That's like the hang in there cat. Yes. You know, that's what this tardigrade is doing. Oh, someone should totally make a hang in there with a tardigrade. A hang in there tardigrade. Cat. Yes. Yeah. That is that is perfect. Somebody needs to make that motivational pro, uh, poster. Hang yep. in there like a tardigrade in space. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All the classic motivational posters revamped with science themes. Uh, more really lovely animal jewelry. These rat earrings are really pretty and also slightly creepy. Um, uh, thank you. I own a pair. Angle, they're great. <laughs> they're cute, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're like little rats that dangle from your ears, and their tails are the links that go through your piercing. <laughs> yeah, they're really cute, and there's something about them that's just slightly goth, which I also really love. That's that's one of the reasons I love them. Um, <laughs> as as we've mentioned, I love myself a good pair of statement earrings, and these are beautiful. Um, these are animal cell earrings, um, and they're quite accurate looking. Actually, they're they're kind of big kind of uh round and they've got beautiful color palettes it's like a blue and purple kind of color palette um with all the uh different organelles very readily identifiable it it looks really cute yeah they're really interesting um i like the size of them as well like you say a statement earring sometimes is the thing that you want it makes me wish i wore earrings still uh, back to the macabre. I am also I'm in a dark of these. place, all right? <laughs> so something you'd like to talk about, Bethany. <laughs> these rat skull um, earrings, uh, resin replicas, not real rat skulls. Um, Please do but not wear ag- real rat skulls. <laughs> again, very gothy, very witchy, and uh, very you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't own a pair yet. <laughs> On the list, um, though, aren't they? And something else that when you think about it is actually kind of gothy, but isn't, um, it doesn't look like it. It's actually for the, for the fruit fly scientist in your life, you can buy a fruit fly pendant necklace in resin. And it's got a bunch of fruit flies preserved in resin in the necklace. And it's actually really beautiful. It reminds me of those necklaces that were really in for a while where they had like flowers preserved in resin, you know, those yes. yeah, yeah. Like little teeny flowers like that. That's like that, but fruit flies. Um, and I love it. And it's also slightly goth because it means that fruit flies died for this <laughs> necklace. Yeah. When you described it to me, I thought, wait, what? But looking at them, they're actually kind of cool. They're really neat looking, right? Yeah. Again, unique. I've not seen anything like this. 
also big fan of your CRISPR necklace. Uh, this is good. Um, I've got real used to explaining CRISPR to people. So um, something about everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> CRISPR is the scissors of the DNA. <laughs> it's like but mitochondria again, is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> it's unique. It's not just your sort of everyday DNA jewelry. There's something just different about this. It's a statement piece. It's something someone would ask you about, something that another scientist would probably recognize and you'd like the eyes would light up. It's it's just really fun. Yeah, I appreciate how it's stylized, but not so mm. stylized that you can't kind of understand what it is. Yeah, exactly. And then of course we could not do a gift thing without talking about Surly Ramics. Um, friend of the show, Surly Amy, um, is a ceramics artist um, and does ceramic jewelry uh, with all sorts of fun science themes. And so I included this one that says, science saves lives. I love a good <laughs> Surly. It does. <laughs> She's got some great stuff in her shop. Do check out Surly. Ooh, I'm just scrolling through and the Jupiter and Four Moon ceramic. Very nice. Like that one. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Those some good pretty. ones. She's always got some good stuff. And uh, another one that we recommend, I think just about every year for very good reason, Artologica. What an awesome shop. Amazing printed scarves and ties and Did fabrics. You see the gel electrophoresis tie? They're, they're so it's pretty. It's so good. Yeah. Just, it's amazing how many microbiology things make really beautiful prints on fabric. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it it takes an artist to kind of take something like that and make it into a really artistic print. And that's one of the things I think that Artologica does especially well. Um, the the gel electrophoresis one in particular looks like a beautiful kind of modernist painting until you're like, oh, wait, that's a gel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really pretty. Wow. Always impressed by what she puts on her shop. All right, and now we're moving on to games, toys and games. And and most of these games I would say are are for all ages, right? Like they're not necessarily just for kids. In fact, several of the board games are definitely you need to be probably at least 10 or 12 to kind of really get it. Um but to start out, we have Backyard Brains, um which is a wonderful group that does um neuroscience kits to help people understand the brain. Um, and I love the ones that they actually sell electrodes so that you can kind of see how your muscles work and how the electricity kind of controls your muscles. Um, you can look at neuron spiking. They sell, oh, they do sell the Robo Roach. Um, yep. Backyard Brains became famous for the Robo Roach, which is where you catch a roach. Um, and then you put a little robotic thing and you can actually control the roach from your phone. Um, <laughs> So yeah, you you too could make your own robo roach if that was up your alley. Oh, and you can also buy a set of three cockroaches for your robo roach. So for anybody who listened to a recent episode on electricity and biology that we did, we talked about um, the spiker box where you could connect electrodes from your arm to someone else's arm and then control their arm. Just really cool science experiments that you can so do. Cool. Not only are you learning about electricity, but you're learning about, about electricity by controlling someone else's arm. Very cool. Super fun. I Talking about electricity, I also found um, the snap circuits 
these are classic these are really cool um and they have lots of different types so i just sort of am providing a link to their um general page because they've got so many different types of things at different price points but again a really fun way kind of a lego-y sort of way to build these little contraptions electrical contraptions and learn about circuits Uh, so if you've got uh, a kid at home or a kid on your shopping list that is into building things, this feels like even quite a young kid because some of these are for um, the younger ones. It's really, they look really cool. Um, another one that is good for the the builder, I think in your life, uh, you link to the Ravensburger Gravitrax Marble Run. <laughs> these are so fun. I don't know what, I don't know why Marble Runs in particular are so fun to build, but they honestly are. They really are. I think so it's fun. the sort of, it's the sort of Rube Goldberg nature of them, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're delightful. And this is one that, quite frankly, if they're, if I was at like a holiday get together and one of the kids who was there had one of these, I'd be like sitting down on the floor building this thing for hours with them. I, I am that person also. So, you know, don't buy it for the kid, buy it, buy it for me. I mean, you're buying it for the kid, but you're also buying it for me, the awkward nerd at your party who's going to spend your whole party playing with your child and their toys. Yep. Because that is me. This one is a doll, a sort of plush doll that uh, its stomach opens and it has plush organs that you can pull out and put back in. (laughs) It's really great. Like, this is the kind of baby doll I wanted as a child. Yeah, there's, again, it's... It's one of these toys that's just really cute. And for the right kid, I think they'd really love it. Also, probably, let's be honest, the right parent. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's it's just, I also really like it because it is a doll. So you can play with it like it is a doll. Mm-hmm. But also, you can take out its intestines. Yep. And you can put them back in. If you wanted. I mean, let's not go overboard. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk to me about this coding robot? Because all I see is a coding robot and I... I'm lost. Okay. So um, as our resident programmer, um, I, I'm i always a big fan of teaching the basics of programming and sort of thinking to speak to computers. Because in a world that is increasingly controlled by computers, understanding how computers think and being able to predict and talk to them and instruct them is super useful, even if you don't end up being a programmer. And this is a way to start doing that at a young age in a way that's really fun. And uh, there's this little tiny adorable robot with a little control. It's not writing any code. Um, It's set up to follow directions. You can program it to follow a path just simply using straight, back, left, right. And you can create this um, instruction set for it and create these like uh, maze paths that it follows. It's a great way to start thinking logically and also have a lot of fun while you're doing it. And he's super cute. His name is Botley. Aww. Um, you also find you find a lot of really cool um, <laughs> kids toys, and I love like you could have a normal bubble wand. You could, or or you could buy this bubble science thing, which is amazing, and it, it just comes with all of these um, different 
things that you can use to create different kinds of bubbles, different sizes of bubbles, um, different shapes of bubbles, create unbreakable bubbles. <laughs> um, it's all these different bubble making frames that can kind of teach you about, you know, bubbles and about forming things. It's it's really cool looking. Yeah, it's, I don't, again, I don't remember where I found this or what combination of search terms I plugged into the internet, but it struck me as a great way to learn some stuff. But also I used to have a great time blowing bubbles as a kid. I still, I really enjoyed it. They're just, they're fun. And it's something that a bunch of kids can just have a great time with, but also there's some science here to learn as well. I don't know. It's just, it struck me as really kind of a cool, struck me as a great summer afternoon. You also found a bunch of maze puzzles. I did. Okay. So these ones in particular, if you uh, look and I'll link maybe to a specific one, what I like about these is they're for cash or gift cards. So instead of just giving someone a gift card, you can put it in a maze puzzle where they have to get the, the, they have to get the, solve the maze, basically solve the puzzle to get at their gift card, which they can see through it. Just you know, gift cards, super useful. Lots of us want them. Lots of us get them. A lot of the time now, I'm not even sure people get real cards. Probably they just get like codes, mm-hmm. but it's just a fun spin on giving a gift card to somebody. It gives it a little bit more. Um, so I just like the idea. It, partly as well, my family has a long tradition of creating like scavenger hunt or like overwrapping presents at Christmas time just for fun. So this also uh, triggers that like slightly trolly urge I have when I'm wrapping gifts at Christmas. <laughs> no, I really like it. I mean, I think a lot of the reason people don't want to necessarily give gift cards is because they seem so transactional, like you're just giving them a card and it's just money. Um, But this actually has kind of an interactive element with it. It will keep the person engaged a little. You know, I think think it does add something. And if you want to give just straight cash, which I know some people do, you can put cash on them as well. And it looks like there's some that are actually fit to like size to fit cash as well as gift cards. So just kind of a fun um, alternate to a straight up gift card. This one I found, and I want to play with one right now. Oh my God, so much. I want to play so much. (laughs) This is some kind of thing that you can attach to a paper airplane to make it fly longer, but also control it with your phone. So you take some paper and you fold a paper airplane, and then you put this little like lightweight skeleton on it that has a controller at the front and some like propellers at the back, and then somehow... It flies and you can control it with your phone. And I want to play with one quite badly. Oh my God, me too. (laughs) It looks so fun, especially because I don't know about you, but like regular paper airplanes are just kind of disappointing most of the time. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And this would make them so much less disappointing. It says, I I mean, it says it works well with a variety of planes. So you know that thing that all kids do, which is have like paper plane making contests to see who can make a paper plane that flies the farthest. This feels like a whole new spin on that game. Oh my goodness. This also feels like this would be a great way to cheat at that game if you got to play it in school. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You also found this. You want to talk, who's slightly macabre now? (laughs) I do love this one. A giant plush skull with hidden plush organs inside. <laughs> it's really cute. 
Um, and the organs, uh, so there's a there's a little plush brain and the brain has eyes, which I think is amazing. Um, there's a little plush neuron, there's a little plush eyeball, and there's a little plush cochlea <laughs> from the inside of your ear. I love that. I feel like when everyone talks about the anatomy of the brain, they always leave out the cochlea and like the vestibular system, justice for the cochlea. <laughs> and I, I love that it's included, especially because it also kind of looks like a little snail. <laughs> Yeah, I really like the fact that they're all on strings as well. So you can pull the eyes out and they just dangle. Yeah. Well, it also means you won't you won't lose them, which is extremely important. Absolutely. But it gives it a great look as well. It's sort of somehow extra macabre with the eyes dangling like that. So do you want Talk to explain to me. how exactly one plays poop bingo? <laughs> so... Again, I don't remember what I typed into the internet, but this <laughs> this was again one of these things that I felt our audience would enjoy. Because, oh, I enjoy it. <laughs> because who among us hasn't gone walking or hiking and looked down at the thing we just stepped in and went, oh, what kind of poop that is? <laughs> well, this can not only help you recognize what kind of poop you just stepped in, but also you can play bingo while you go and maybe you'll win a prize. I mean, I love that, though. I have to say, I don't know how many times I walk around stepping in fish poo. I mean, like, that's fair. That's that's a hard <laughs> bingo to get. I think there's definitely in a way, some though, rare... Every time you step in a creek or something, you step in fish poo. See? You know, it's all connected. You just, ha- you just have to believe and you have to look <laughs> and pay really close attention. I thought that you would love this. I do love this. <laughs> I assumed that those other listening would think this was great because it is. Uh, so in the realm of games that are a little more like not, not adult, when I say adult games, that makes it sound incredibly dirty, but that's not what I mean. You know what I mean? Um, in the realm of games that you can play if you are, you know, older. Um, so Many people who listen to this podcast who play games will be familiar with the blockbuster game Wingspan, um, which is a wonderful, beautiful, fabulous game. Uh, the maker of Wingspan has come out with another game, um, and the game is called Mariposas, um, and you play the monarch butterfly migration. And I just love it. I love this particular game maker. She just makes these games that are not super competitive like it's not you're not trying to kill somebody else or anything you're usually trying to achieve your own goal in competition with other people achieving similar goals um so it's a different kind of competition um it's much more peaceful and her games are always beautiful to look at Mm. like they're always just really artistic and pretty um and they almost always teach you something yeah looking at the pictures of this one it looks amazing it looks great right yeah wow Talk to me about climate. Uh, you are yes. the the board gamer. I don't play a lot of board games anymore. So all of these are new to me. Board game nerd has been summoned. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is from North Star Games. It's um, Evolution Climate. Um, this is another one that's kind of similar um, to kind of those... Uh, not cooperative, but they're kind of side-by-side competitive games. Um, You're not really trying to take other people down. You're just trying to achieve your thing before the other person achieves the thing. Um, And in this case, what you're achieving is evolution. So you have to evolve your animal, um, but this is evolution climate. So every time you evolve your animal, the climate changes. Does your animal make it? (laughs) Um, And it's really neat because it gives you all these like options and 
one of the things I, I like about it, which actually sounds really dark, most of your animals don't make it. Reflection you always have reality. to choose an animal that's just not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you do try, often the animal doesn't make it. And that's really realistic in terms of kind of how evolution works, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I just really like it. And also, as you can tell um, from the art, it's also really beautiful. I do, I have a real soft spot for for artistic games. Um, the, yeah, the art on this is gorgeous like the type of art you would quite happily hang on your wall kind of gorgeous yes um and another one that's kind of similar to that is um this is this is a game called photosynthesis um another one similar style you're not competing against each other you're kind of well you are competing against each other but you're all doing the same thing and what you're doing is you're growing trees (laughs) this game when i've played it it is actually slightly meditative weirdly (laughs) like you're growing your trees and you set up little cardboard trees in your little forest and then you like try to like get to certain areas of the forest like it's it's very meditative and it's very sweet and every time I've played it everyone has ended up in a good mood (laughs) which is not always the case (laughs) when one plays board games that's true (laughs) um so another one that is actually more for um I guess a little bit for kids, it's a little more on the educational end. Um, This game is Cytosis. Um, It is a game that you build and learn about different organelles. Um, And so you're like kind of doing strategic play, uh, gameplay, gameplay around this board, um, gathering human cell components, and you're trying to like make your cell live and thrive (laughs) uh, by learning and playing different parts of the cell, which I think is really sweet. Oh, those little test tube pieces. Yeah, those little flasks. It's really Aww, adorable. That's cute. Um, and the final game that I found is actually a chemistry board game. Um, it's organized like the periodic table, and you move across the periodic table and collect elements, and you have to do it by learning about periodic table trends. Ooh. Um, yes, and it's, so this actually teaches you a lot of elementary chemistry. This is a game that I wish I had had when I started taking chemistry in high school, huh? I would have played the crap out of this game and I would have learned a ton. Interesting. It Neat would idea. have made a huge difference in my chemistry class. Yeah. Neat idea for a game. And now we are on to miscellaneous part two, the miscellaneous. <laughs> the other miscellaneous. The other, other miscellaneous. <laughs> I love the number of things that you find that are like pocket-sized science stuff. I feel like you have a knack for finding cool pocket-sized science stuff. I really hope that nobody ever wants to know how I find the stuff that I find just for this episode because I'm not sure I can explain. <laughs> These episodes just happen. But, I, but they're always cool. Um, so you found this really awesome, it's a tiny scientific pocket ruler and it fits in your pocket. It's about the size of a credit card. Um, and it has the periodic table on it. It has centimeters. It has inches. It has um, millimeters. It has uh, degrees. <laughs> it has a tiny hex wrench. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's got everything. <laughs> 
And just a note, the same site has a couple variations. So they have the pocket chemist uh, with a bunch of stencils on it for drawing chemistry things. And then they've also got the pocket engineer that has more conversion items on it for engineer. So they've got a few different variations, which are fun. It's really cute. Uh, the same site also has, you know, the um, the magnet words where you get like oh, a yeah. box full of oh, words yeah. sliced up in magnets. <laughs> you can put them on your fridge or on some other magnetic thing, and then you can create like magnet poetry or messages or whatever. Um, these are theme-based ones. So they have science-based word magnets, academia word magnets, chemistry word magnets, microbiology, neuroscience, physics, engineering, ecology, mathematics. So you can get a magnet set specific to your nerdy STEM loves. It's great. I love the academic one. Like there better be at least one grant in there. Oh my God, this is more of a comment than a question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are great. I like reviewer number two does not comprehend the potential future novel significant impact of this promising mechanism. Burn all the pain. There's also one, trust me, I am a doctor. Um, so speaking of things that you find, uh, you found this beautiful, it's a desk decoration. So it's just a little thing you put on your desk and it's beautifully colored marbles that are colored like the solar system. And they're on a little like rack. They are so pretty. (laughs) And they're made of natural gemstones. They're so pretty. What I found really interesting about this is it combines sort of two science things together in this really kind of pretty simple ornamentation, which is like um, space, but also um, geology. So there's little cards that come in it and talk about all of the different uh types of um like obsidian that kind of stuff that these marbles are made of so it's just a really cool little mashup science decoration it's really neat it's really honest and it's it's honestly very beautiful like yeah it has i i could see this on like a professor's desk it mm-hmm. has very strong professor desk energy yes okay okay i'm in love Bethany. i'm in love <laughs> I am in love. <laughs> Again, I don't know where this came from, but they're it's great. So, good. <laughs> so these are, I need to be clear. If you purchase these, you do not get crayons, but you what you not. get, what you get is labels, chemistry crayon labels that you can replace the the color name on your crayon with the chemistry label for your crayon of that color. It is so wonderful. <laughs> Please. Somebody must buy these because they're great. They're so good. I want them. And they're really cheap. Yeah. Like they're they're really super cheap because they're just little paper labels, mm-hmm. like sticky labels, stickers that you put over your like magenta color to say, actually, this is the color of a lithium flame. And it makes <laughs> me so happy. Uh, you so also great. found uh, Christmas ornaments. Um, I am not a Christian. And so I do not have a Christmas tree. <laughs> But you do, and these are pretty. I also have a, so I have a tree decorating party every year. 
And none of the ornaments on my Christmas tree are ornaments that I purchased myself. Um, I have a tradition where you get invited to a Christmas party and the cost of entry is something to put on my tree. It doesn't have to be store-bought. It can be homemade. It doesn't have to be, it can be beautiful. It can be ridiculous. So I have a tree with so many different ornaments that people have given me over the years. And every time I decorate my tree, it's just like this tree full of memories of all of the really cool people I've known. Um, And so I I always like the idea of finding interesting, strange, or unique ornaments that aren't just like basic baubles. And when I saw these, it just made me think, yeah, like, if I was going to a tree decorating party, I could see myself buying one of these as kind of a a strange ornament for to leave on someone's tree. I, I really like, I really love that tradition. I think that's really beautiful. It's fun. It makes for quite an interesting um, Christmas tree. <laughs> There's some weird <laughs> stuff on my tree. <laughs> that's way better than like, you know, the the ones that could be in some department store somewhere. <laughs> and then you found, I love this. I wish I'd thought of this. It is, you found a couple of these. They are keychain cell phone batteries. So they're external batteries for your cell phone that attach to your keychain so you don't lose them in your purse all the time. Mm -hmm. Not speaking from experience right now. That has never happened to either of us ever. Totally never. (laughs) This Uh, is awesome. And as someone whose cell phone is always dying, I really need one. So I found two of these that look like they're from the same maker, one that works for USB-C type chargers and one that uses the Apple style, I don't remember what it's called, charger. Y'all know which one I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, the one I think that's going away soon to go to USB-C. But until then... I was going to say, the one that hopefully the European Union has come out against is being nonsensical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, just... I mean, I have a spare battery that I take, uh, who among us doesn't these days, but sometimes I don't want to take a bulky bag. I just want to go with my pockets. And this is a way that I can do that and still have a little extra battery juice. I also just really like it because, yeah, I do have the external battery that lives in my purse, but a lot of times it gets lost. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I love having it on my keys. That is incredibly helpful. Um. You also found a digital tape measure, which I love. (laughs) It makes me happy because, you know, I I use tape measures a lot, weirdly, um, just because I do. Um, And there's always that awkward moment where you kind of look down. You're like, what is that? Yeah. Eh?" And this actually really matters because I use tape measures in particular for sewing. Ah. So if you're dealing with like a quarter of an inch seam allowance. (laughs) Yep. Having the right number really, really matters. And so a digital tape measure like this actually would be very useful. I think, now don't quote me on this, but I think the other thing it does is you can like save it on the distance. So if you're holding the tape measure in such a way where you can't really see it, I think it like captures the measurement and then you can pull it down and take a look at it. Also oh a very God, cool perfect. feature. Yes. Yeah. And so useful. Um, yep. I would 100%. Yeah, especially if it, you could save it. So, for example, if you needed to measure several pieces of fabric of the same dimension. Yes. Yeah. That would also be hugely useful. Mm-hmm. Fun little gadget. Okay, so this uh, struck me as something that would be situationally useful. Um, it's a small pocket whiteboard and <laughs> dry erase markers that come in a little bag. Now, every... so. 
Bethany, I know you're a Dungeons and Dragons player. I mean, yeah. So there are times when I have literally gone searching for like index card sized whiteboards that I could <laughs> write. I'm a dungeon master that I could write um, like creature stats on or NPC yeah. stats on because I don't I don't want like piles of paper around me. Mostly I have everything digital. So I'm a, I'm a laptop DM, mm-hmm. but this is a situation where sometimes I just want to have a couple of cards that have a couple of key things and I use index cards, but then I throw them away. This I wouldn't have to throw away. So that was just one possible use case, but I feel like pocket whiteboards are actually super useful. Like if you're keeping score for board games, like there's lots of things that you might need a little pocket whiteboard for, or not need, but could find useful. Uh, KO, please stop listening right now because I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, You're very good at finding these kind of like organizational things. And this, when, when I clicked on the link and your description, I was unsure what I would see. Um, it says it is a laptop bag organizer. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, a bag that you put your laptop in. No, no. This is a pocket for your laptop. It sits on the back of your laptop and it sticks to it and it is a pocket and you put things in it. (laughs) So I believe it's magnetic. I think. It looks magnetic. I think it's magnetic. Unsure. Mm -hmm. It might not be magnetic. Either way, it's a small little pocket. You stick it to the outside of your laptop and then you can like stash a spare battery in there. You can carry around pens and pencils. Um, I mostly work from home, but I do carry my laptop around the house sometimes, but also when I do periodically go into an office. And sometimes when you're traveling from meeting room to meeting room to hot desk to hot desk, you have a few bits and pieces you want to take with you, maybe a little notebook, pen or a pencil, your phone, just some miscellaneous stuff. Uh, What a great place to put that stuff. You can then just fold up your laptop, slide the stuff in the pocket, carry your laptop and pocket with you. I just thought it was such a brilliant idea. I love how a bunch of the stuff in our miscellaneous category is stuff that is very obvious, like for our new remote working styles. Uh, yes, as is the next one. I was so going to say, because is... there's that and then there's this next one. Right. So this is me. Allow me for just a moment, Bethany, to get up on a little soapbox. All right. You Are you it. ready? You do it. Are you comfy? I'm okay. It. I'm stepping up on the soapbox. So here's the thing. A lot of us work remotely and a lot of us are on a lot of Zoom calls, team calls, Slack calls, whatever calls. A lot of us spend a lot of time with earbuds in our ears talking to people on not a phone but over a laptop or another computer. So here's the thing. I don't know about you. I cannot wear headphones all day like that without either getting a headache or my ears start to hurt. And so I invested in a proper, not like a microphone for things like podcasting, but a conference call microphone that Mm -hmm. has a good switch on it. That means that I don't have to have headphones in my ears all the time. And Bethany, it has changed my work life to not have to wear headphones all the time. Now, I totally understand that there are people who might work from home where maybe there's a bit more noise in their house and this isn't going to work. But for those who can, I highly suggest having it, even if you don't use it all the time. For me, it's just amazing to not have to have things in or over my ears all day. 
It is great. This one is the one that I own. I'm looking at it right now on my desk. It lives on my desk. It is also Bluetooth powered and got a battery in it. So you can use the USB thing that plugs in. I don't know what you call those things. <laughs> or you can <laughs> connect it over Bluetooth and run it on the battery for a while. Uh, it's super handy and I'm getting off my soapbox now. Jabra has paid me nothing to say this. I am just <laughs> trying to get more people to stop having headphones in all day. I feel like I'm we done. should we we should know that nobody here has paid us anything no. to say these things. We just found oh, these no. things and liked them. We did. Um, yeah. I I am actually a headphones in all the time person, uh, and I think that's partially because you know I used to commute to work, and I have walked and lived around many cities, and headphones are self defense. If you absolutely and are in a walking around the world as a woman, <laughs> headphones are great. And I, headphones when, are I worked in, when I worked in an office, I used to wear them all the time, but I didn't realize how amazing it was to not have to wear them all the time until I yeah. didn't have to wear them all the time. No, I can imagine. I definitely, it definitely makes me think about it. Cause yeah, I mean, over ear headphones, like I work for podcasting, like after a while they do give you a headache. Because mm. they're just like, or they make your ears outside. real sweaty. Yes. Oh, my ears are sweating right now. Thank you. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Rochelle. All oh right. I'm off my soapbox. I understand. <laughs> and my ears are sweating. Oh, see? <laughs> All right. So we mentioned in the clothing section this um, group called Morning Witch that had this beautiful sweater. It turns out they make beautiful, amazing fairy tale plushies. These like are stuffed really. Toys. Cool. Aren't they cute? Look at the pigeon. There's yeah, a little wow. pigeon and it's got a little flower on its head. <laughs> and there's a little acorn wearing a little uh, acorn, uh, a little salamander wearing an outfit. Oh, oh my God, it's so cute. I feel like because he's got the pattern, he's basically wearing the sweater. He's basically wearing the sweater. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just I I adore these plushies. They're incredibly twee and sweet and they just look very squishable and snugglable. Yeah. Oh, they're very sweet. I see you have a badge reel. These yes. are this this is very cool. I uh, back <laughs> in my office days, this is something I probably would have purchased. Uh, yes. So if you are a person who has a scientist in their life who needs a stocking stuffer and you don't know what to get them, I promise you, if that person is working in a laboratory, that person has a badge holder that they use every single second of every single day. And it's probably a cheap one that they got from a conference that they don't actually like. So this is your opportunity to get, to get them one that's cool <laughs> and actually looks nice. Um, certainly, I went through phases where I wore my badge around my neck. I went through phases where it was on my belt. Um, you always got to have something. And the best ones are the ones that attach to your belt and have a little extendable thingy. Um, so that you can stretch out and reach the card reader when your other hand is completely full of samples, which I know from experience. As somebody who worked in a large corporate office for a while, even though I wasn't a scientist, I will also say very useful when you're hauling stuff in and out of an office or like just going down to get your coffee or bringing up coffee for a whole group of people. Nice mm -hmm. to have this always handy and not have to dig around for it. Uh, and finally, this is our last thing, um, but most assuredly not least, um, I am a crocheter. Uh, I know a lot of knitters. I know a lot of crocheters. And this is adorable. This is a crochet pattern bundle, and it's a whole bunch of, of patterns for crocheting for stuffed things from science. So you can crochet an antibody 
You can crochet a microscope. You can crochet an entire DNA double helix. I gotta say, the fact that they made a microscope pattern really like completes this pattern set for me. It, it would have been it would have been cool without it, but the fact that they went and made one for a microscope just gives it that like extra nudge. Well, they have also patterns for both plant and animal cells, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. Um, they're just really nice patterns. They look really good. They look very professional. The DNA is very really cool too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I might have to buy this for myself. I'm just saying. Well, hopefully we've either entertained you or helped you think of something fun to get that special someone on your list this year. And if we're lucky, maybe we've done both. As with previous years, you can find a link in our show notes to a blog post absolutely crammed full with links to everything we talked about today. All our links to Amazon are tagged with a little referral code, so if you do end up making a purchase because of something we recommended, we do get a little kickback from Amazon from sending you their way. But just because we've linked to Amazon doesn't mean you have to buy on Amazon. A lot of what we've talked about can be found at other retailers, and perhaps something like it can even be found at a local business or market near you. You can also make gifts. Baking, dinner, and crafts make great holiday presents, as Bethany mentioned with the crocheting. And sometimes the very best gifts are making extra time to spend with people who matter to you. Take someone out on a holiday date, grab a coffee, see a show, visit a museum, volunteer at a local charity, or curl up under a blanket and play science-themed Scrabble. And lastly, please do remember the organizations and creators and charities that count on people with extra to keep them going. What services and content do you love and want to keep in business? What charities can you dedicate a portion of your income to? Sometimes the best gift we can give is our ongoing support. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Signs for the People. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Science for the People is listener-supported. You can find us on Patreon, where you can support us with monthly donations in any amount. Your support keeps us afloat and able to keep making great new episodes, and we thank you for it. The show is produced by Rochelle Saunders and edited by Ryan Bromsgrove. We get help with special projects from K.O. Myers. Our theme song was written and recorded by Fractal Pattern, and its title is Binary Consequence. The show is hosted by Bethany Brookshire, Anika Hazra, Marion Kilgour, and me, Rochelle Saunders. <laughs> <laughs>